Let us say stand up in Spanish. Hey, I'm just going to say kia ora to someone. So pretty heavy sermon this morning, so you might want to give an extra kia ora or buenos dias or you're looking mighty fine or something this morning. Is that all good? Just so they're ready to hear a pretty heavy sermon. So go and say kia ora to a few people. Good morning. Welcome. See, I will try the smashing. <laughs> Alrighty, Enohoa, Enohoa, have a seat. How do I say sit down in Spanish, Victoria? Sentasti? That's too tricky. I don't even know. Alright. I know, I need to, eh? Duolingo was going really good, and then I just got lazy, so my Spanish has gone shocking, but it's always scary, because I know enough to say, g'day, how you doing, a few bits and pieces, and Victoria has a lot of only Spanish speakers who'll come to have meetings with her, and I'll see them and say my little, you know, buenos dias, como estas, and stuff, and they're like, oh, and then they're blah, 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 and I'm like, no, Victoria, save me. Oh, disastrous. Anyway, kia ora, morena, um, super good to see uh, you all. Um, and special shout out to Esther with an exceptionally small human. Good job, good to see you, eh? Super cool. Yeah, I and Danica and Anta with another small human. Man, there's like small human, man, there's small humans everywhere. So cool. Super weird way to create people. Agree? Like growing them inside them. I'm always like, God, what were you thinking? I was talking to a mum the other day who's pregnant. We were talking about how weird that is. And then she goes, yeah, but sitting on an egg would just seem real strange for nine months. I was like, yeah, good point. <laughs> anyway, all righty. Hey, sermon time, eh? So, um, yeah, so we're in a new series. So we did Acts, um, kind of jumped through some Acts things, which was super cool, and had lots of really good feedback from people, which was cool. We really enjoyed the book of Acts. Such a cool book, eh? So now we're going into a pretty full-on series. Um, so you can, oh, can you chuck the first slide up? Thanks, Cheryl. Um, so exploring the big questions about our about our faith, this whole idea of looking outwards. So as you know, uh, this year we really wanted to have a focus as a church of looking out, reaching out, you know, um, individually and corporately as a church. And so we wanted to do a series just talking about some of the big questions in our faith, right? Um, and some of these are questions that some of our friends will ask, but a lot of these are questions that we wrestle with as well, right? And one of the things we want to do as preachers and elders have kind of given the, the guidance is we want to be pretty honest and not just wimp out. You'll see what I mean when we get there. So this is a pretty grunty sermon, right? So I want to be pretty serious. So um, normally I start with a hilarious story, usually about me being an idiot, just to kind of engage you, but um, I'm being a bit more serious. There's an idiot story of me coming up, so if you enjoy those, just hold on for a few minutes. Um, but let me start with a pretty serious uh, story to kind of introduce where I'm going to go. Um, so I used to pass it like, well, way back in the day, I passed a church in Cambridge and um, we had a new family come to the church one day who were not Christians, but they just really wanted to explore Christianity, and it was mum and dad and um, a couple of uh, kids, and super cool, and started to get to know them a bit, and they started getting involved in things, and the kids were going to Sunday school, and one kid was going to youth group, and they were just really loving church, it was really awesome, and then after a couple of months, I was talking to them, and I can still remember where I was standing, because you'll see where I'm going, um, in the church, and uh, they said, hey, we'd love to talk to you about, and this is what they want to talk about, 
just a, an easy topic to discuss. Why does the loving God allow suffering? <laughs> Why does the loving God allow suffering? And I was like, whoa, I said, that is such an important question to wrestle with, right? And I said, a lot of Christians wrestle with that. A lot of Christians wrestle with that. So I said, so we had a little chat um, there while we were having a coffee, and then I caught up with them once or twice, I can't remember how many times, and we talked about this question, why does a, a loving God allow suffering, or why does a powerful God allow suffering? Um, why does God allow evil in the, in the world, and this kind of thing? Um, and then I caught up with them a couple of times, like I said, and then about two months after that, um, I had a card arrive in the mail to the church, to me, and I opened the card, and it was from these people, and they said, hey, we love your church, um, we love what you guys are doing in the community, it's really cool, but we cannot reconcile the God you talk about with the reality that he allows suffering and evil. And so we wish you the best, go with Jesus, but we're no longer interested in looking into Christianity. And I was just like, yeah. I tried to contact them, they didn't really want to talk, and then they moved away, and I've always just thought, oh. So I really do think one of the biggest, there's a lot of big questions of our faith, but one of the biggest questions of our faith that people far from God ask and people real close to God ask is simply that, right? How can God be loving um, and allow suffering? And I want to be real careful when I go through this, but I, I want us to be thinking about this seriously. So sometimes people kind of water this down and they're like, yeah, why is there sickness and thorns? Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, true, but I want us to be thinking pretty grunty, right? Um, so why does God allow innocent people to suffer? It's a simple question, right? Why does God allow children to be born disfigured and maimed and <laughs> with special needs? Why does he allow that? What? What's he doing? Um, why does God right now allow... There are multiple significant wars happening around our planet. And in each of those wars, there is <laughs> thousands of innocent children being maimed and burnt and hurt <laughs> and dying. Where's God? What's God doing? <laughs> why is this all-loving God that Christians talk about allowing that? Why is he allowing innocent people right now in Ukraine? And I mean, there's so many wars going on. Why is he allowing that? What's he doing in heaven? Why does this loving God allow suffering? Why right now in New Zealand is our crime rate just going absolutely through the roof? And innocent people just going about their day are being killed and maimed and terrified and shopkeepers being held up at gunpoint and knife point and now they're too scared to go to work. What? What's God doing? Is he on vacation? Is he? Where is this? So how, how do we as Christians answer this and how do we talk about it with our our friends who don't know Jesus, but also how do we wrestle with it? Because I know a lot of us wrestle with this, right? So it's not just a, let's talk about this for them. It's also for us. And um, there's a really cool book uh, called, by Paul Little that was writ back in, written back in the 70s, of all things. Um, and he wrestles with a whole bunch of these big questions. And so I got a couple of quotes from him. So here's one quote. Um, and he's talking here about this is what a lot of um, people questioning how can a loving God allow suffering. This is often how they talk about it. So let me read this. Um, either God is all-powerful but not all-good and therefore doesn't stop evil. I'll explain this in a minute. Or he is all-good but unable to stop evil, in which case he's not all-powerful. The general tendency is to blame God for evil and suffering and to pass on all responsibility for it to him. So this, I love this quote, right? This is pretty powerful. So let me explain it like this. What, what people are saying is that, that first one, either God is all-powerful but he's not all-good. So powerful and, and, and all loving, right, or all good. And so what he's saying is a lot of people will say, well, either God is, he's all powerful, he, he can do anything, 
but he doesn't give a rip about humans because he's not good or loving. He could stop suffering and evil because he's all-powerful, but he's not all-loving, so he doesn't care. Makes sense, right? Shot team. <laughs> um, or the other side, uh, or he's all, live, all good, but he's unable, so he's either all-powerful and doesn't care, or he's all-loving, he totally cares, but he's not powerful, so he can't do anything. He's in heaven like, ah, ah, wish I could stop the evil, but I just can't. Um, and then that last point is, I think, really powerful. The general tendency is to blame God for evil and suffering and to pass on all responsibility uh, for evil, for suffering in our world to him. Um, and I've, I mean, I'm sure you have. I've talked to friends who totally don't believe in God, but yet, uh, yet they're quite quick to blame God for the evil and suffering. And I've a few times said, I'm kind of confused here. We don't believe in God, but we blame him. What's going on? So, all righty. Hey, so I've got a few points. I told you this is going to be a heavy sermon. That's why you needed an extra kia ora at the beginning, right? <laughs> hey, so I've got a few points I want to um, cruise through. So here's the first one. Just a real simple question. <laughs> Where does evil come from? What a, what a massive question, eh? Um, I just want you to know, too, this is a massive topic. I'm going to say this a few times this morning. This is a massive topic. Uh, topic. And um, if this... I don't even know what the word is. If this opens up something for you that you need to process, then I kind of ask you, please do that. Um, don't have a, something open up that you're wrestling with and then just be like, oh, yes, we dad, sweep it under the carpet. You need to talk to someone. So come talk to me or Joe, one of the elders, someone cool that you know is a Christian and, and wrestle with this because this is a real core question. Um, the other thing I was going to say too is this is massive, right? You go to Bible college and you do several papers in this. You know, just kind of hit it in a 30-minute sermon. So um, my whole sermon was about know, <laughs> two hours long, and I had to keep cutting, 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 cutting. So there's a lot more that I couldn't, um, I can't say. So again, I'd just love to chat. If you're like, hey, I'd love to wrestle with this, then yeah, I'm super keen to wrestle. So don't have the answers, but I want to wrestle. So where does evil come from? Um, evil and suffering, I'm kind of putting together. Sometimes you can separate it, but for this, I'm going to put them together for, for most of the discussion. So the first thing you you see, sorry, um, was what Luke read. Thanks, Luke. In Genesis, and you see real clearly there that um, one of the core places that suffering comes from is the fall of humans, right? Is humans disobeying God and sinning in the Garden of Eden. And one of the things that's always really important to get in our brains is this is not God's fault. Now, if you want to disagree, feel free to, I'd love to chat with you on that. But one of the things I see in the Bible is very clearly sin and suffering, evil, is not God's fault, right? So you look at Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and it's all, um, as God's creating everything, it's like, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then right at the end of all of creation, this is very good. Or this is like, oh, it's what he's saying, right? And it's all good until the humans stuff it all up and the humans sin, right? Um, there's this cool verse over in Romans uh, 5.12, um, well, Romans 5.12 that kind of says the same thing, right? Um, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, for death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So, audience engagement exercise. Hands up, who has sinned in the last month? Okay. Yeah, bro. Watching, there's a bit slow there, brother. I mean, I'll check in, yeah, I'll check in with your parents, and they'll be like, bro, we've got a list of sins. now. Nah. I joked with, because I've already recorded this for online, I joke with the people online that there might be like, maybe Wendy will be like, nah, because Wendy's almost perfect and pure, right? Or she was up, yeah, and went up fast, right? Um, all of us sin, man. We just sin, right? Um, no one ever taught us to sin, 
right? No one was perfect and then needed to go and do an online course and how do I sin, right? Um, anyone who's got kids or been around kids know kids are just freakily gifted in being evil, right? Um, you never uh, take your kid to a class on how to throw a tantrum at the supermarket, for example. And the kid before it's like, ah, oh. and then afterwards they're like, oh, right, so I throw my hand, myself on the ground, I flail with my arms, I scream and yell, and my parents dragging me by my foot down the... <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that. They just know, right? Now, whether that's sin or not, that's another whole discussion. When, at what age do you move from just natural being a pain to actual sin is another whole discussion, right? But um, we're just sin. It's just who we are. Um, and we see this so clearly through the Bible. There's tons of other verses I could look at, right? So the question is, where does evil come from? Where does suffering come from? So the first place is us, <laughs> right? The first place is us. Um, and you don't have to read the headlines for very long to realize not all, but a heck of a lot of the suffering and evil in this planet is simply caused by humans, by our arrogance, by our greed, by our abuse, by our... <laughs> it's, we're just evil, messed up people. Um, and remember that quote from Paul Little, a lot of people are quick to blame God. <laughs> God doesn't, but he could <laughs> point back and be like, really? Have you checked yourself lately? But where suffering and evil comes from? Um, there's another place that suffering and evil comes from. Uh, and you see it really clearly in the Genesis passage that, that Luke read. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to um, Romans 8, um, 20. Romans 8, 20 to, to 22. Um, and, and again, this is not rocket science, right? Hopefully you know all this stuff. Um, this one I find real interesting, right? Um, so the first thing is, where does evil come from? Humans. The second thing is, it's just creation's messed up. The planet is messed up. Verse 20, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope. The creation looks forward to, uh, to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Right, And he, he carries on talking about it. And it's this important thing to get. This is not God's plan for the world, Right? <laughs> This is not God's plan for the world. God's plan for the world was Garden of Eden, community, beautiful relationships between humans, beautiful relationships between humans and God and creation. It's perfect and lovely and beautiful. But as Luke read, we sinned. Yes, Satan's in there. We'll talk about him in a minute. We stuffed it up, right? So where does pain and suffering and evil come from in this world? Heaps of times it's from us, but heaps of times it's like we just live in a messed up, stuffed world. Why are people getting cancer? It's not from people, it's because we live in a messed up, ridiculous world. You're with me, eh? Yeah. Um, one of the, the catches, and we're going to talk about this in, in, a, in a minute in a bit more detail, is um, because God created us with free will, it, he knew that that would bring about suffering and evil. Makes sense, right? Yeah, so because God created us with free will, he knew that would, that would bring about suffering and evil, because he knew we'd stuff up. He knew we wouldn't be perfect. And so some people therefore blame God. And some people say, well, therefore, God, it's your fault. Because you gave us free will, it's your fault. And I just go, wow, you can't. That's a massive jump. You cannot make that jump. You can't blame God for me making evil decisions. It's not his fault. Yeah, he gave me free will, but then it's my choice. That's the whole definition of the word free will, right? Um, and if God had made us without free will, and I've heard some people say, well, he shouldn't have done that. He should have created humans without free will. And then I'm like, that's just dumb, because then we're just robots, and we only love each other because I'm pointing at my wife. I love my wife. 
Um, we only love each other because we were pre-programmed to love. We only love God because we were pre-programmed. Does that make sense, eh? So terrible illustration, but I know this is heavy, so I thought, quick, Craig, chuck in a silly illustration. So imagine if, so my name's Craig, kill everyone. Um, imagine if I didn't have a wife, Josephine, um, and didn't have a dog at home, but I had a robotic wife, which, I don't know, super weird, right? Um, mine would be made by Apple, of course, because Apple products are the best, so none of this Windows operating system or Android or Linux, Al, what are you even doing? So imagine I had a robotic wife and a robotic dog, just because I love my dog, right? Um, I'm having a hard day in the office at work, you know, drinking coffee and eating cool cafe food. It's a hard job I have, right? Um, and then I go home uh, after a long day, open the door, and there, my robotic wife, I smell an amazing roast dinner wafting through, not hinting jokes, but just hinting, nah. Um, and my robotic wife comes out and is just like, oh my gosh, you are amazing. You are the greatest husband in the history of husbands. I love you so much. You are, have you been working out? Is that shirt like shrunk or are you just like buff ass? Now, where was the like, yeah, shot great, good one. Okay. Um, how lame would that be, right? Because <laughs> I would know either me sat down on a computer and programmed my wife to say that, right? <laughs> or some wizard at Apple headquarters in um, wherever the heck they are, Cupertino. Um, program my, my robotic wife to say that, my robotic dog to come up and be all excited because I got home, right? Um, that's why God gave us free will, because it's just lame. It's not love. <laughs> it's just pre-programming, right? But in, in giving us free will, he knew that, that we were going to mess up, right? Um, so we, where does evil come from? Us. We sin. We do horrible things. Um, where does evil come from? Creation. It's just a messed up world. This is not God's planned world. This is a messed up world, right? And then the third one is obviously Satan, right? The third one is, is Satan. Um, there's a real uh, interesting parable Jesus tells over in Matthew 13, and I'll just explain it to you. In Matthew 13, Jesus tells this parable when he talks about how um, a farmer plows up his field and, and plants a whole bunch of seed with his servants or whatever, and they plant good seed, right? Real good seed. That's all they plant. And then as the crop starts to grow, there's all these weeds in there. And it says that his servants come to the master and they're like, where did the weeds come from? We planted good seed and yet there's like all these weeds. What is going on? And then the master who's representing God says an enemy has done this, right? <laughs> an enemy has done this. Um, it's so important for us to remember evil comes from us, evil comes from creation, but evil comes from Satan. <laughs> um, Satan hates you. <laughs> he really hates you. Um, his biggest desire is to destroy you. Remember James sees it, Peter sees it. He's a roaring lion looking for whom he can devour, whom he can consume, whom he can destroy. And I think sometimes we forget that, and, and bad stuff happens to good people sometimes because Satan is behind it. <laughs> um, Ephesians 6, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and the principalities, against Satan, right? So the three simple things. Um, where does evil come from? One, us. <laughs> and we're all like, yeah, I know. <laughs> So we're just in a messed up world. Um, and then three, Satan is just evil. He hates us, right? He wants to destroy us. So we shouldn't be surprised, right? Okay. Um, next point. This is kind of a funny one. It's not funny, but it is funny. Why doesn't God just stop all the evil, right? Seriously. I believe he is all-powerful, which was the powerful hand, all-powerful and all-loving. So therefore, he wants to stop evil, and he could stop evil. So why doesn't he just stop evil, right? Good question, Yeah. Shot. Thanks, Marcus. Um, let me give you a quote from Paul Little. I love this quote. Um, 
This is a good quote. Let me read this. Uh, evil is inherent in the risky gift of free will. That's what we've been talking about, right? If you're going to give free will, evil is inherent. It's going to happen, right? God could have made us machines, but to do so would have robbed us of our precious freedom of choice, and we would have ceased to be human. Exercise of free choice in the direction of evil, and what we call the fall of man, which is what Luke read Genesis 3, is the basic reason for evil and suffering in the world. It is man's responsibility, not God's. And here's the line that's hilarious. He could stop it, but in so doing, he would destroy us all. I'm like, ah, makes sense, right? So hands up again, who sinned in the last month? Yeah? Even Phil. Can't imagine that, man. Um, (laughs) Therefore, if God wanted to destroy all evil and suffering, he would have to wipe out every single one of us because we're (laughs) one of the big reasons for evil and suffering. I kind of find that funny, right? Because we always talk to people that are like, um, God, you just stop it. And you're like, well, the only way to stop it is to zap us all, right? To nuke us all. Wendy and I were um, texting the other day, and we're quite glad that we're not in charge of the zapping, because we're getting pretty ticked off with where the planet's going and all the evil and suffering. And we were joking about it. It's a really good thing that we're not in charge of the, that person is something, zap, that zap, 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 zap. Um, and I was thinking, after texting Wendy, I was thinking that the dangerous thing would be they'd end up being no one, right? Because <laughs> you'd start with the bad, evil people, but then you'd be like, well, hang on, everyone is sinful and evil. Multi-zap. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, hey, look at this, um, this verse. This is real interesting. Um, Lamentations 3.22. This is how you read it in the New Living Translation. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Cool, right? Now, in studying it this week, it's real interesting. The, the two Hebrew words, so Old Testament written in Hebrew, yeah? Um, the sephas of the Lord never ceases. The, the two Hebrew words never ceases are really, really tricky for them to interpret. And so it's funny. If you have an NIV Bible, um, it reads quite differently. So the NIV reads that verse like this. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Read it again. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Um, I, I just love that, that um, truth, right? You are evil. <laughs> I am evil. Um, I deserve to be destroyed. <laughs> I deserve to be zapped because I am evil and messed up and I sin. But God loves us. <laughs> and so he doesn't destroy us. <laughs> but the catch to that means that therefore sin and suffering and pain and evil continues because we continue to have free choice. Makes sense, eh? So could God stop evil? Totally, he could stop it, but it would mean annihilation for all humans. Um, But God doesn't do that. Okay, Um, next point is the last point. Um, Why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow suffering? Massive question, right? Now, I want to be, I'm going to tell a silly story in a minute, um, but I want to be real careful on this. I know there's a lot of people in our church, um, in our, our friend circles. I know there's people listening that'll be listening to this on podcast. And I don't want to, I don't want to minimise your suffering in any way, because for some of us, the suffering, the evil that has been done to us or we've done, is just massive. And where I'm going to go, I think is biblically correct. But at the same time, I want to acknowledge that for some of us, suffering is off the charts, and it's not just an easy thing. So. I want to say that up front. Okay. Um, so let me illustrate this uh, first. The, the first thing I want to say is I, I intentionally chose the word allow 
Why does God allow suffering? Now, I don't think God ever causes suffering, okay? But I think he does allow it. Do you see the difference, right? So he could allow suffering, but he doesn't cause it. Now, evil is a different ball of wax. There's no way you could say God causes evil because then he would be evil, right? But some Christians would say, nah, sometimes God does cause suffering, but I don't go there. So I, but I choose this allowing. I think God sometimes allows suffering. So let me explain this. So a number of years ago now, I don't know, it was probably 15 years ago, right? Um, I was playing basketball with some youths, and we were playing in a gym where the outline, the out, you know, the line that where you go out, what the heck is it called? The outline? That sounds really weird. Anyway, was the wall, right? And so there was no line. It was just the wall was out. And if it hit the wall, it was out. And so we were playing basketball, and I'm super competitive, right? But I was heaps older than all these young whippersnappers. And um, a ball was bouncing away and going to hit the wall, which would be out. And I was sprinting to get as fast as I could against this other young dude. And just before I got to the ball slash the wall slash the out, he needed to stop. So he was behind me. So he put his hands on my back and just gave me this massive push. And he was quite a strong dude, which launched me. And I remember just flying through the air. But as I flew through the air, I hit the wall really, really hard because I was already sprinting and then he shot me forward, right? And as I hit the wall, you just heard crack, crack of my two wrists snapping, which was not snapping, but breaking, which was just awesome. So I'm, I remember standing in the gym and I'm just like, ah, I'm <laughs> all this pain. Went to the doctor, the doctor like, just t- and he's like, no, no, there's something wrong, hospital, x-rays, and they're like, whoa, and this one, there was all sorts of bone breaky things, I'm not a doctor, so I apologize, breaky things and just, uh, not good, cast. This one wasn't so bad, but there was like bone fragments and things that shouldn't be off and stupid stuff, and it was real sore. And then a couple of days after that, because I'm an idiot, I went for a run in the bush and fell over several times, and now it was so painful. I went back, and the doctor was really ticked. He's like, bro, what are you doing? So they put a cast on this one as well. So um, so for five weeks, um, five weeks, I had two casts on my hands. Um, one was red and one was purple, so it's pretty legit, um, pretty amazing. So, um, so here we go, and and this is this is the serious bit here. Um, would I say God allowed me to break my wrists? Yeah, I think He did. Right? He's over all things. He's all powerful. He's over all things. So God allowed. Yeah. Did God cause me to break my wrists? I'd say no, definitely not. Right? I don't think God does it. That's horrible. Why would a God who loves me break my wrists? That's just nasty, right? when we go back to those big questions I said that makes a lot more sense right because breaking wrists is kind of like ha 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 that's kind of funny bro Um, so I want to be careful when I say this deformed children does God cause those children to be born deformed or broken or special needs no of course not no way does God allow that for some reason that I'm going to talk about I have to go yeah he does did God, did God cause the war in Ukraine or Yemen and Africa at the moment? No, he doesn't cause that. But does he allow it? Yeah, he does. So why does he allow suffering then, right? Why does he allow it? Um, hard, right? So back to the silly illustration of me breaking my wrists. Um, there's a lot you cannot do with two broken arms, yeah? Um, so there was a lot of time. I'm quite arrogant and very prideful, and I hate asking for help. Any other people hate asking for help? Yeah, it's usually guys. Wendy, oh my gosh. Wendy, 
I'll pray for you more, Wendy. Yeah, so heaps of us. Uh, we hate asking for help. But when you've got two broken arms, there's so much you can't do. So there were so many times where I'd be trying to do something myself, and it was either too painful or I just couldn't do it, and I'd have to be like, oh, Joe's, can you, I don't know, butter my toast or whatever. It was just like, that was stupid. But the one thing was the bathroom. Amen? There was no way on the planet Josephine was going to help me with the bathroom thing, and I was determined to figure. So it was crazy, but... It kind of worked. Um, but in that, I learned some good humility. That's where I'm going, right? <laughs> I learned some good humility. Um, there were so many times where I had to ask Joseph for help, where I was like, and I was trying for ages, and then it was like, I just can't do this. Um, I love this quote from C.S. Lewis talking about pain. Um, he says this, pain insists on being attended to. <laughs> um, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences but shouts in our pains. It's this megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I love that quote, right? Um, I want to say this next line real carefully, right? Um, God can always teach us something in the pain, but he never causes it, right? He never causes the pain. He never causes the suffering. He never causes the evil. But, and I say this really carefully, if we're willing, (laughs) he will teach us something incredible about ourselves, about him, about a friend in it. Now, again, I'm saying this super carefully because broken wrists, ha, 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 God taught you humility, yay. War, (laughs) deformity, (laughs) death, suicide. It's like, whoa. It's a big call to say the statement when I'm talking about that, yeah? Um, God can always teach us something in the pain, but he never causes it. Causes it, whoa. I want to read a couple of um, verses here that I think explain again that whole where does this evil and the suffering come from. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to John 11. Uh, and then we're going to read Luke 11. So John uh, 11, starting in verse 1. Um, this is the story of Lazarus, and you guys know the story really well. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his two sisters. Keep remembering they're his sisters, right? They would love him like crazy. Um, Mary and Martha. Uh, this is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that, this, um, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days, and finally he said to the disciples, let's go, and Lazarus has died. Um, could Jesus have stopped? Yeah, totally. Did Jesus raise other people from the dead? Totally. So he could stop this death. Um, but did Jesus allow Lazarus to die? Yeah, totally. But then you think of all the incredible good that came out of that. Now, again, I chose this one specifically because this is death. Lazarus would have suffered and died, and it would have been horrible. He didn't have give you a shot of morphine and whatever else we do now. His sisters had to watch their brother die. (laughs) Um, But can God bring good out of it? Oh my gosh, God brings incredible good. (laughs) You imagine talking to Mary and Martha a couple of weeks after this and about their relationship with God and and seeing Jesus make this change and it would be just like, shut up, right? Think about the change in Lazarus' relationship with God. It would just be insane. And yeah, I was literally dead, and God would be alive. Ah, right. So God can bring good out of the most horrible, 
crazy situations. Did God cause it? No. Did God allow it? I think so. Um, look over at Luke 13. This one's real interesting. Um, Jesus gives two really good um, kind of examples of exactly what I've been talking about. Um, uh, Luke 13, 1 to 5 again. Um, about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked? Is that why they suffered? And he says, not at all. And his point is, is he's saying, did God cause this? Is God killing these people through Pilate because it's a form of punishment? And he says, no, of course not. That's ridiculous. And this is that whole first point. Where does evil come from? First point, evil people. We're just messed up, fallen people. Um, And then he gives another example. Um, Verse 4, and what about the 18 people who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? Again, no. He's saying, is this, is this suffering? Is this evil? Is this God causing it? Is this punishment from God? Now, there is that in the Old Testament. We see that again and again. He's saying, and the answer is no, totally not. The first one, Pilate, is just evil. People are evil. A lot of suffering is that. The second one is the tower fell on them, and it may have been there was an earthquake or an ant ate the cement and the tower fell. I don't know. Bad construction. I, I don't know, right? But his whole point is that God caused this to happen. No, he totally... Totally didn't, right? We live in a fallen world filled with fallen people. Um, And to me, the most incredible aspect of God creating us with free will, knowing this would bring about evil and suffering, is that God knew this would um, bring suffering and evil and pain on himself, right? So you need to think about that for a minute. Um, Before the creation of the world, before the creation of people, God had never known pain or suffering or lack. Only beauty, relationship, love, joy, community. Yet, like with us, God allows suffering to be on himself. And through that, he brings about so much good. (laughs) Look at this verse um, from Hebrews um, chapter 2, talking about Jesus, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. Um, Jesus had a horrible life, right? He's a God. He could have set it up, you'd think, so that he had a perfect, beautiful life, but he didn't. He suffered the whole way through his life. His dad dies when he's young. His family thinks he's insane. They come and try and take him away. Um, From when he starts his ministry, he's just hounded and hounded and hounded by Jewish leaders. Friends desert him, dies in a horrible way on a cross. It's like horrible, right? Um, Because he himself suffered, right? So this this is my last little point, and when I was thinking about this week, this just really, I've never thought about it like this before. This really blew my mind, right? I would never say God causes suffering on us, but I would say that God causes suffering on himself. Do, do you get that, eh? He never causes suffering on us, but he totally causes suffering on himself by creating us. So first of all, when God created us, he knew in creating us it would cause him heartache. He loves us, <laughs> But yet when he sees us sinning and hurting someone else that he loves, that he created, he's just like, really? The Bible makes it real clear that it breaks the heart of God, right? So in creating us, he knew it would cause pain and suffering to himself. So he doesn't cause suffering on us, but he caused suffering on himself. And then the second part, which is even bigger, right, is that in knowing creating humans... (laughs) would cause suffering and pain to people he loved and would hurt him. But more than that, he knew in creating humans, he would directly have to kill his own son, right? And so I would never say God causes um, 
evil on us, suffering on us. But to enable us <laughs> to have eternity with him and to be in a relationship with him, he caused that suffering to be on himself by creating us and knowing that would mean he had to send Jesus. And he knew that meant Jesus would go to the cross and while on the cross Jesus would die in the most horrible way possible while God punished him for his sin, whom he loved. And I'm just like, man, just insane, eh, insane. Um, Etu, let's all stand up. Let me finish. Um, John 3.16, right, one of the best known verses ever. <laughs> um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God loved us so much, he caused pain and suffering to be on himself because it meant he had to sacrifice Jesus in your place and my place, right? Um, so I think when we, when we talk about this whole thing of evil and pain and suffering, it's super important to be real careful as we go into it, knowing the one who suffers the most is God himself, right? And we can be quick to be like, yeah, why doesn't God stop it? Oh, he can't because if he did, he'd nuke us. Um, where does that even come from? God, I, I blame you. It's like, oh, no, it's actually from me, <laughs> from humans, from a fallen creation, from an evil Satan. And then why does he allow it? He allows it to teach us so much if we're willing, which is super scary, super hard. Remembering that the one who endured the most suffering and pain is always him to enable us to move into that relationship. It just blows my mind, eh? It blows my mind. Man, hey, let me, um, let me pray for us. But before I do, just want to remind you, it's a pretty massive topic, right? And if this has stirred up something for you that you're like, hang on a minute, I need to process this, then I'd love to chat, Joe's, elders, good people in the church. Um, and Kelda podcast people, eh? same with you if you're listening to this, driving or whatever. And you're like, hang on, I need to process this, then there's a church, we'd just really love to support you in, in some way. So um, love to get hold of, yeah, get hold of you, or get hold of us. Um, all right, let me, let me pray. Um, worship team, do you guys want to come up? Yeah, Almighty God, I, I feel really frustrated trying to hit this in 30 minutes, eh, when I know for some people this is just so huge, um, so huge. Um, I just really pray anyone listening to this is not for a second thinking, I'm just kind of wiping it away, you know. Um, oh, well, suffering is all about teaching you stuff when, yeah, abuse and <laughs> suicide, death deformity, war. <laughs> um, yeah, I just pray you'll give us great wisdom as we keep processing this, God, in our own lives and as we help friends process this too, for people who have suffered uh, evil and terrible things way beyond what maybe we understand, God. Um, yeah, we know that you can bring good out of it. I think sometimes we don't see it. We just really don't. The, the the evil is way too huge for us to comprehend to for a second see the good that you're bringing out of it but we just trust that you are in some way eh? I think you don't cause it I think you, there's no way we can say you cause pain and suffering but you certainly do allow it man yeah. I don't know I, honestly God this whole thing just ticks me off <laughs> It really does. You're all powerful. You're all loving. I, I just wish you'd stop it, but I, I <laughs> reset, shift F12, <laughs> control or down, let's start again or something. But I know that means nuking us all. 
That's not how you want to do it. You want to empower us and strengthen us and journey with us through the pain, through the suffering. Call us into a deeper, closer relationship with you as you strengthen us. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, as John says at the end of Revelation, come Lord Jesus. Heaps of us are just over this, this heinous planet with war and deformity and evil and guns and violence and racism and blah. we just we really need you to come back and sort it because it just feels hideous God yeah I don't know yeah remind us that you've got us in the midst of this madness of a planet God yeah I pray this in the name of Jesus I mean thanks sure.